welcome back to the program. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show going into hour number three. Remember, if uh, you're going to have an affiliate in the area that you're listening to the program on, it's going to be switching over to Brewers Baseball shortly. Uh, download the app, WOZN, the Zone Madison, our flagship station out of Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, but you can get it anywhere. You've got the iHeart app on the Big 920 out of Milwaukee. You've got WDUZ up in Green Bay. A lot of the, the other areas, you can always download the app and you can take a listen to us. Uh, but uh, good to have you on board today. Talking a lot of Brewers baseball, but one of the hotter stories in baseball, one of the hotter teams in baseball, to be quite honest with you, is Cincinnati. And uh, we now bring in from ESPN Radio down in the uh, Queen City, our buddy Mo Egger from ESPN Radio down there. Mo, how you doing, pal? Bill, it's uh, it's a Wednesday afternoon. It's 82 degrees, and I'm at the ballpark. Life is pretty good. So why is this team all of a sudden caught fire? I mean, I know De La Cruz came up and gave them a spark, but what is it about this team right now that 10 wins in a row and they don't seem to show any signs of stopping? You know, they, they put together a bunch of really good young players. Uh, this has happened organically, and it's, it's happened almost overnight. I mean, you know, in the month of April, if I would have said that on June 21st, the Reds would be in, you would have said you're out of your mind. But at that point... Ellie De La Cruz wasn't here. Andrew Abbott, who's pitching today, is here. Uh, Matt McClain, who's played like one of the best shortstops in baseball. Here, Joey Votto wasn't here. What's remarkable about what they've done, and I think you and I talked about this before the season, if the Reds were going to have a, a competitive year, it was going to happen on the shoulders of the big three in the starting rotation, Hunter Green, Graham Ashcraft, and Nick Lodolo, and those guys, quite frankly, haven't contributed all that much. Instead, over the last five or six weeks, offensively, they've been really, really good. They have the rookie of the month for the month of May. We've uh, talked a lot about Ellie De La Cruz and Matt McClain and, and Andrew Abbott and Joey Vada's return, but even some of the post-supporting cast has been really good. Jake Franley goes on the injured list, hits a home run in his first at-bat. Will Benson's a guy they get from the Cleveland Garden Guardians, hits a walk-off home run for his first big league dinger. If it could go right for this team over the last three or four weeks, it has gone right. And for fans here, it's kind of it's been rejuvenating, and it's at least to a small degree brought people back to the ballpark. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, you know uh, I got a lot of friends down there, and they said all they needed to do was catch the Brewers. They weren't worried about Pittsburgh, and they certainly weren't worried about the Cardinals the way they're struggling. Do you feel it's a two-team race in the Central? Well, I, I think with the Reds and the Pirates, you're dealing with youth. And youth is unpredictable. So, obviously, the Reds are cresting right now. They've won 10 consecutive games. Uh, but with, with a young team, I think you kind of expect a roller coaster, right? I think you've certainly seen that with the Pirates. Got off to a tremendous start and then went through a stretch for about three, four weeks where it felt like they couldn't win. Then they were really good again. Obviously, recently, they've been really, really bad. My guess is you get that all season long with Pittsburgh and you get that all season long with Cincinnati. I would expect the more veteran laden teams to sort of rise to the level. I still feel like Milwaukee should be considered the favorite. I know folks in your audience might win to understanding some of the issues that that club has gone through. I think what's going to be really interesting is to see how and when the Reds upgrade their starting pitching, because if the idea is to come from nowhere, losing a hundred games last season to win the division, that can't happen with the starting pitching being as bad as it's been. The ERA of the starting pitchers coming into today, 5.88. They don't have a lot of depth. That's got to change, and for it to change, they're probably going to have to deal a top prospect. It's going to be interesting to me to see if they do that. And if they do it successfully, then I think the Reds have a legitimate chance because, let's face it, 
it's not like it's going to take 92 wins or 93 wins to win this division. I'm not sure it's going to take 90. So can they get to 87? Can they get to 88? I think if they address the starting pitching, uh, the answer is yes. Their general manager said that they're going to do whatever it takes to win. At what point do you see that determination being made? Is it the all-star break a little bit after, and you just kind of wait and see where this team's at? Or do you start laying that groundwork now, and then is it going to take one arm or two to put them over the top? Well, I, I think if Nick Crawl, the GM, had his way, they would make a trade today. I think the problem with that is, first of all, you have a lot of teams who are trying to figure out what they are. Are we in it? Are we not in it? That's a byproduct of the expanded postseason and the parity we have in the sport. Uh, so I think it's really hard when right now there's more buyers than sellers to, to pull the trigger on a deal if you're not willing to overpay. And I don't think the Reds are going to be willing to overpay. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what they would be willing to give up, what they would be willing to give up in the trade, simply because they have so many good young players at the major league level uh, and in the farm system. My guess is. Uh, they wait till July 31st. They swing a deal. I don't know if it's going to be impactful enough. My guess is they would love one starting pitcher. I think what they're also going to be hoping for is Hunter Green's hip issues get figured out. Graham Ashcraft comes off the injured list and pitches more the way he did in April and not so much the way he did in May. And Nick Lodolo comes back at some point in August and gives, gives them a boost. I would be shocked if they acquire two starting pitchers. My guess is they're in the market for one starter, maybe a bullpen arm, and perhaps an outfielder. Talking with Mo Egger of ESPN Radio in Cincinnati. Give me your thoughts on St. Louis because, you know, Pirates got off to a fast start. They went 20-9, and then 8-18 and in May, and they're currently 6-11 and here this month, and they're, they're foundering poorly. So I, I really don't think Pittsburgh's ready to fly yet, but the Cardinals were so stacked, and now it's looking like, man, if they don't turn this thing around the next couple of weeks, they could end up being sellers. Yeah, whoever would have imagined that, right? That's, that's just right. not territory that we're used to. And it, it's interesting. The Cardinals got off to a terrible start. They started to play really well around the middle of May. And then I think it was Tom Verducci of SI writes that suddenly they're the team to beat, not just in the National League Central, but in the National League. And it feels like since then they've totally cratered. I don't know that one deal makes that team significantly better. And so to me, if, if you're not a buyer, then you're probably a seller. Uh, and I think in St. Louis, that's going to be the conversation over the uh, over the coming weeks. What do they do to move on from some of the players they have? The math is starting to get really difficult for the Cardinals. We're approaching the midway point of the season. They've been, you know, sort of seven to eight games out of first place for a while. But it's it's not just the games out of first place. It's the number of teams you have to leapfrog. I think the math is really hard for them. And so, yeah, I could completely see them being uh, sellers, if you will, as we get close to uh, July 31st. Do, do the Cubs scare you at all? Because the Cubs are just lurking now. They're only three and a half games back in this thing. You know, three weeks ago, I would have said no. The Reds go to Wrigley Field and sweep them. And, and frankly, the, the Reds just simply look like the better team. But it's felt like everybody in this division has kind of taken their turn, right? And they've played better in recent weeks. Look, nobody is going to run away and hide in this division. The Reds have won 10 straight games, and they're just up a half game in the division. So, I think everybody's got their shot. With the Cubs, the, the, the talent's there. The resources are there to go and get a piece at the deadline. You know, I've, I've left the Reds for dead at, at, at various points during the spring. I've left the, the Pirates for dead at various points during the spring. I've kind of done the same with the Cubs, and they've rebounded. So what I've learned is, Bill, 
don't leave anybody for dead. The National League Central isn't good enough for that to happen. <laughs> right? No doubt about it. Are you surprised that the top seven teams in baseball when it comes to payroll aren't even leading their division? You know, I, not really, uh, because there's a difference between having a, a big payroll and having a well-run organization. Now, I, I thought the Phillies would be better than they have been. The, the Mets seemingly pinned a lot of their hopes on a couple of old starting pitchers. I, I guess their struggles are a little bit of a surprise. But, you know, I kind of look at it the other way. Is it a surprise that the Tampa Bay Rays are as good as they are? Not if you know anything about their organization. Is it a surprise that the Baltimore Orioles are as good as they are? And not if you paid attention to, to the way that they sort of built that team. Is it a surprise that the Texas Rangers are as good as they've been? I'm, I'm not really sure it is. Uh on some level, sure, when you see the big market, big money teams, um, you know, struggling the way they are, I guess it's a little jarring. But I'm not sure if you've really followed the way these teams have been built that it's all that surprising. Mo, it's always good to talk with you. I know you're at the game. Go enjoy the afternoon and see if the streak stays alive. The Brewers are hoping to get a series win today, and then we'll talk again down the road, okay? All right, Bill. Thanks. Appreciate it, pal. Yeah, interesting stuff coming from Mo Egger, our guy down in Cincinnati at ESPN Radio down there. He's at Great American Ballpark where the Reds are trying to get uh, the uh, sweep and continue the win streak over the uh, Colorado Rockies. Meanwhile, the Brewers are back at home today taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks and also trying to get the win, trying to win the win the series, maybe get a win, and in a, if the Reds should lose, then climb back on top in that National League Central. So, uh, interesting stuff. And uh, when you look at the Pirates, I had mentioned the Pirates and said, you know, I don't think you can necessarily count them out for dead. But the Pirates, they made some big financial commitments in a 12-month span. Uh, you know, Hayes, they signed to an eight-year, $70 million contract extension. Reynolds to an eight-year, $106.75 million contract extension. But, you know, the Pirates uh, began the year, they went 20-9. and nine. And then they went eight and eighteen in May. Currently six and eleven in June, riding an eight-game losing streak. And as bad as last week has been, the Pirates are thirty-four and thirty-eight. They remain just four games behind the Reds for a first place with a lot of season left. And you know, now in the past couple of seasons, the Pirates have been unquestionably sellers at the trade deadline, considering that they're in the mix for the division. I don't think they're going to be uh, sellers, but I don't think they're necessarily going to go all in either. Uh, can they still supplement their current core? Absolutely. You know, uh, they could use some reinforcements on their rosters. Uh, the starting pitching depth has taken a little bit of a hit due to the loss of, of Velasquez, uh, Brubaker, and Burroughs, um, as well as the decision to transition Contreras uh, off to the bullpen. But uh, the offense currently mired in a funk as well. Could use another solid, reliable bat. So they're looking for a bat as well. And the bullpen was one of the best early on, but looks different now due to some of the roster moves and some of the injuries. So the Pirates are foundering, and uh, the Reds are, you know, it's like he, it's like Mo said, that everybody's just kind of taking their turn in the central at this point to make a run at it. Now, whether or not the Cardinals are going to have anything in them to be able to do that, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, and in the meantime, you know, no roster move made lately by the Reds underscores just how much, how fast things have changed when you look at uh, – you know, the transaction involving Will Myers, the right fielder was, you know, designated for ex assignment. And, you know, he wasn't hitting worth a darn. They let him go and sent him off. But uh, the arrivals of the infield prospect, like he had mentioned, De La Cruz and Matt McClain, uh, and the return of Joey Votto uh, from that shoulder surgery, I mean, you know, it, it made it necessary for Steer and Senzel 
uh, in the outfield to, to move. But, you know, they, they've they kind of positioned themselves well, but everybody's made a run. So it's whether or not uh, the Brewers are going to have another run or two or five in them before it's all said and done. So uh, interesting stuff going on in Major League Baseball right now. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You can find us, and uh, we are broadcasting live today, by the way, as you're looking at the uh, the, the backyard, the uh, beer garden, if you will, of uh, Point Brewing. We are here in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, and uh, that's where we're hanging out today. A beautiful day today, too, I might add. you got a little bit of a breeze. The sun's been tucked behind a few clouds here and there, but for the most part, it's been perfect. So uh, loving today. Uh, big time. Hey, got to say thanks to one of our fine sponsors. That's Potawatomi Hotel Casino uh, in Milwaukee. And a big supporter of the motorcycle ride as well coming up on uh, Sunday, uh, September 3rd. And we can't say thanks enough to them. They have the uh, the, the dealers that are going to be dealing the cards at the end of the poker run. Uh, and, um, you know, dealing out the prizes at the end of the day as well for the motorcycle ride benefiting Fisher House, Wisconsin. But thanks to Potawatomi Hotel Casino where bingo is back and the sports book, they are enlarging, and that's going to open up this fall. But uh, in the meantime, the small uh, temporary sports book is now open and gambling is open and the casino is open and the bars and the restaurants are going good and the uh, the hotel is second to none. So check out our friends at Potawatomi Hotel Casino Milwaukee. Go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. And, again, thanks to them for being a part of the motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 3rd. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome to Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. May I take your order? I'd like nine windows, please. Of course. All our products are custom made just for you. I'm hoping they'll match my home. Of course they can. Have it your way. Excuse me? We're talking about windows, right? Yes, we customize any decor. Our design options are virtually limitless, even more customized than your coffee. So you're like my personal barista for windows and doors. Exactly. And you couldn't have picked a better time because if you customize your order by August 31st, you can bundle and save big. Good deal. That was easy. Thank you. Drive through. Pella's premium wood windows and patio doors feature distinguished craftsmanship and nearly endless possibilities. Bundle and save when you customize your order by August 31st at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. Cedarburg, Wisconsin, if you're looking for a new career, a job, or you're just wanting to maybe change careers, uh, check out our friends at Kemp's, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. Go to Kemp's.com. And at the bottom of the page, you're going to see a link that says Careers. And you click on that, and you can go fill out all the information. that They are interviewing now, and they're looking for some CDL drivers. Uh, they're also looking for some production people, some maintenance technicians, and they're willing to pay for it, too, and some sign-on bonuses. So, Check out our friends at Kemp's, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. Go to Kemp's.com, click on Careers at the bottom of the page, and uh, and maybe, who knows, maybe before, maybe before the end of the week you're interviewing, and then maybe right after the 4th of July you're starting a new career. That's from Kemp's in Cedarburg, Wisconsin, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. That's Kemp's.com. Uh, Jason says, did you hear that uh, Aaron Rodgers getting ready to put on his – 
uh, discussion regarding the psychedelic conference. Uh, I didn't. Uh, you know, it's kind of like I really don't care. <laughs> Put it this way, at least he's not missing any uh, camp time because of it, right? Because we were kind of wondering about that. wonder what uh, the New York media would have said had it actually been last week when he was going into uh, the mandatory uh, minicamp and missing part of that uh, for maybe being the keynote speaker at the, uh, the psychedelic or whatever it is convention. Uh, I It's goofy, you know. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. We'll see. Uh, and this is from Dana who said, uh, when you talk about Aaron Rodgers, do you think he's going to have a good season this year? Do you think he's going to really miss Green Bay? No, I've said all along I think he's going to have a good season, whether it was here or there. I, either way, he has always um, kind of bounced back when anybody doubted him. And he's he's going to do that again this year. Um, I, I think his numbers will be better. Uh, pretty good offensive line, not great. I don't think it's as good a pass-blocking offensive line as what uh, the Packers have. But um, I, I still think it's a good offensive line. Uh, their defense is solid. They can stuff the run. Quinn Williams up front is just a beast. He's got a couple of good guys to throw to. He's got some of his own guys in the stable. Uh, I think he's comfortable. He's energized. So, no, I, I, I have said all along that I think he's going to have a tremendous season. Now, whether that leads them to – you know, a postseason berth or the winning the division or just on the outside looking in, I, I, I don't know. But I think statistically for him, uh, he'll have a good year. I, I really do. I, I don't um, – I'm not wishing failure, I guess, might be the best way to put it. I'm just not. Um, the only th- – as a team, I am. But not, as an individual for Rodgers, I, no. I don't, I don't wish him failure by any stretch. And the main reason is because – you know, you want him to play the entire season. You want him to play, you know, uh, um, you know the, the percentage of snaps that's going to require him to be played. So that way the Packers can garner their first-round draft choice. But eh, beyond that, I don't care. Um, Sean says, uh, who do you think has the better season, though, uh, Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love? I think it's Rodgers. I, I don't even think it's cl- – I mean, unless there's an injury, I don't think it's close. If both play – 16, 17 games of both, you know, I, I think Rodgers will probably throw for more yards. I, I think he'll throw for less interceptions, more touchdowns. I, I don't think uh, there's any doubt uh, about that. He's just, I mean, he's a, you're talking about a guy that's a, a veteran player that knows it, even though he's going into a, a new team and a new franchise. He's also got a very familiar face in Nathaniel Hackett, who is the play caller and is on the same page with Aaron Rodgers. And Jordan Love, you know, he's been in this system now, for more than a couple of years, but don't forget, this is the first time under center. It's the first time he's got defenses that are scheming for him on the constant. It's gonna, it's, there's going to be an adjustment period. Now, what you hope for is that the Packers, when it comes to wins and losses, defensively they support the offense. You hope that that's what happens. But that's the only way they're going to end up with a, a positive record is if the defense plays better than the offense does this year and gives uh, the offense a few more bites at the apple with turnover ratio. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Um, this is from a pack pack fan. Oh, I already read that one. This is from Bobby. Bobby says, uh, "When you look at teams like the Mets, why do you think they're foundering so bad?" Well, I mean, they've got two guys in Verlander and Scherzer who have not pitched very well. They spent a ton of money on those guys, and they have been pretty good at start in starts for four innings. 
but not for the full run. And they haven't been able to, between those two, they haven't been able to put back-to-back wins together consistently either. So they've spent a ton of money on pitching, and the money's not panning out. The starting pitching hasn't been nearly as good as they hoped it would be, and that's just been part of the problem, you know, for lack of a better term. But I, I don't. I don't know what else to, to kind of I, – I don't follow New York Mets baseball as close as maybe some others do, but I, that's part of it. You know, those two guys sucked up a lot of payroll, a lot of money, and they were really relying upon them to go back to go back to form. It just hasn't happened, you know. Um, what else do we have here for you? This is, uh, this is from Eric. Eric says, uh, hey, Bill – uh, I think Jordan Love is going to throw at least 20 picks this year. It used to be you could throw 20 picks and it was no big deal. Now it seems to be a no-no. Well, throwing any interceptions is a no-no. But, yeah, the 20 mark is kind of like um, it's kind of like the threat. Before, you know, you were able to throw 25, 30 touchdowns and 20 picks, and it, w- it was considered a good year. Now that's that's a detrimental year just because – Throwing picks in the National Football League have has become such a such an incredible no no. And when you talk about guys like Rodgers, uh, go back to Brady, you know, go back to Manning prior to him. Um, Roethlisberger coughed the ball up a few times, but uh, a few more than most. But when you look at those guys, they did they valued the possession. You know, they were taught don't you know, you would rather take a sack or throw the ball away than turn it over. Just because turnovers do so many different things, unless of course you're talking, you know, third and long, and you're wailing it down the field, and you're just giving up, giving it up as much as a, a punt of some type. But, it, you know, turnovers turn momentum, and, uh, and and when you're giving other teams bite at the apple, it, it just it's proven over time that the team that turns the ball over more usually loses. I mean, that's it. Um, Landry says, uh, no way, Jordan Love throws 25 touchdowns. No, I didn't say he would. I didn't say he would. I I like to see him throw about twenty five. That'd be a solid season for him if he threw twenty five touchdowns, thirteen picks, fourteen picks, uh, thirty five hundred plus yards. That's a good season and a completion percentage of about sixty three to sixty five somewhere in there. That's a really good season. But if you you know going back to camp when Bill Huber who we had on the other day was charting his completion percentage and said that he threw about a 59% completion percentage. But then again, in camp, you're doing things and getting acclimated to the guys that you're just meeting for the first time. So you're doing things, you're taking a few risks, you're you know, kind of winging it, so to speak, um, when you know it's not going to be overly detrimental. You take a few more chances. You do a few more things. And as, as Matt LaFleur put it, you'd rather make the mistakes now or learn now then learn on the fly in a game and find out that those picks are going to be more more evident in in you know real real games and real game situations so uh, you know i i'm not i'm not too concerned about the completion percentage in minicamp and ota albeit i will say you're doing it in helmets you're doing it in jerseys and you're doing it in shorts you know once the pads are on and guys are coming after you for real now you know you wear the red jersey in practice but when they're coming after you for real and you still can't get it done, you know, then it's be- it becomes concerning. So I does it raise an eyebrow? Yes. Am I overwhelmingly concerned? No. No. No, not at all. Um, 
Warren says, uh, hey, Bill, what about the run game? How much do you think they balance the running attack with the passing attack of Jordan Love? Um, well, they were going to do that last year, remember, and they didn't. It was supposed to be a year after Devontae Adams left, and it was supposed to be a run-oriented you know, offense, and they were going to rely upon it more, and they did to a certain extent. I think about as much as they did last year, maybe a little bit more, but not much. Uh, the offense is the offense, and, and the National Football League is still a quarterback-driven league. It's still a passing league. So I think if you want you know, Jordan Love to throw the ball 25 to 30 times a game, that's not terrible. While you're probably going to run it anywhere between 18 and 27 times a game, somewhere in there, unless, of course, your offensive line just is strictly getting it done, then maybe that changes things. But beyond that, no, I don't, I don't see them throwing that much, um, you know, more than, say, 30, 35 times a game. If they do, then something's gone horrifically wrong. Either they're far behind and they're trying to come back or, um, you know, you've had injuries in the run game or they're just not able to run the football. But you would figure with the offensive line that they have, a veteran offensive line, specifically the left side of the offensive line, being that much better and that much more stable with a healthy David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins back and Josh Myers at center. And depending on who you end up, you know, with your uh, your, your right guard, you, you know, you would assume that you're all set up front, but – you know, um, running the football is probably going to be more on their mind, but it's not going to be their sole thing. And last year, you, you know, AJ Dillon, Dillon didn't have a great year last year either. Remember, so I'm not, I'm not sold yet that the uh, that the run game, short of Aaron Jones, is going to be stellar just because you have two names that have been there a while. Uh, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, we're going to come back. We got a lot more broadcasting live at uh, Stevens Point, Stevens Point Point Brewery, having a great time. Hang out. Come out and join us. Uh, join us if you can, if you're in the area. Come on by and say hi. More of the Bill Michael Show. Come on. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It's here. Filets, roasts, ground beef, a variety of meats delivered right to your doorstep by ScholzyFamilyBeef.com. Welcome into the program. If you are looking to take off, whether it's, uh, you know, kind of a, an all-inclusive vacation, a weekend getaway, maybe you're looking to go overseas, internationally, whatever it happens to be, uh, our friends at Land and Cruise Vacations, that's cruise planners, Kirk and the gang, uh, can get it done for you. And uh, get it done in many different states, as a matter of fact. So if you're listening to us maybe outside of the state of Wisconsin and you still want to give them a call, you can. 262-344-0697. That's cruise planners, your land and cruise vacation planner. Again, 262-344-0697, 262-344-0697, and they can help you out and uh, get you, you know, anywhere you need to go. Uh, and also advise you, because right now some of the uh, some of the destinations, specifically in Mexico, a little bit dicey right now. Uh, and I was getting some word that, uh, yeah, now's not the best time to start to, to be thinking about booking down there. But the other part of it is if you want to take, like, a cruise uh, and maybe you don't want to do it until next year, you can actually put a little money down, reserve your spot, Get an upgrade, go to an all-inclusive, and uh, then you just pay it off as you go. Or you can finance it with uh, with cruise planners as well. So get a hold of our buddy 
uh, Greg over there, or Kirk over there as well. Uh, some emails to get to. This one's uh, from Steve, uh, Stevie J, listening to us in Sheboygan. He said, who packs up love uh, if he goes down? You know, it's interesting because Danny Etling is the guy that's been there, uh, and he's the guy that's kind of been there, done that, so to speak. But uh, you've had a pretty good battle, I guess, might be the best way to put it for a second, when you talk about what they have uh, in Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford's been rather impressive. So uh, I would assume – I would probably think at this point in time it's it's Sean Clifford, at least on the depth chart, because he's a fifth-round draft choice, and Danny Etling's more of the, the street-free agent. But if Etling knows it better, then maybe for the time being, Etling would be the guy. But I don't, you know, look, if if Jordan Love goes down, do you think that either one of those two are going to be the guy to kind of take it over and lead the pack? Sean Clifford, I will say this, uh, for all accounts, you know, there have been, I'm not going to say rave reviews. That might be an erroneous word. But there have been more than a few that have said, boy, this this guy's pretty solid player, you know. Coming out of Penn State, he's obviously played in, in big-time college conference football. and Not that he's got some kind of a huge arm, but he, he's got it uh, rather quickly. He's understood it. And maybe Sean Clifford becomes the guy behind Jordan Love sooner rather than later. But let's not hope you get to that point. Let's just hope Jordan Love's real, right? Let's just hope he's real rather than worrying about who the backup's going to be. Uh, Dave, listening to us in Milwaukee, says, Will Matt LaFleur put Love on the roll more? And will there be more shotgun or less shotgun? If he runs more shotgun, that means he gets he gets a look at the field first, which may be a little bit easier to run. I got to think, Dave, that they're going to put him under center more, to be honest with you. I think that uh, more under center uh, on the move, yeah, uh, some play action and stuff like that, yeah, I would not uh, put that past him. I would probably assume you're going to see more of that than just simply sitting in shotgun, dropping back and passing the ball. Uh, I've never been a big fan of running out of shotgun. Uh, on the constant like they did in the past with with Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers loved to be in shotgun and look, overlook the field. I've never been a big fan of that. But uh, but i got to think that at least early on they're going to put Jordan Love under center more. Uh, do you roll out? Yeah, because then you cut down half of the football field. You don't need to observe the entire field. It makes it a little bit easier for a quarterback. But then again, it also makes it easier for defenders. But, um, you know, you kind of you kind of know where you're going and they ain't. So, uh, I would assume they're going to do some play action and they're going to do a lot of run early on. And by a lot, I mean maybe a, a mix of 55 to 45% run to run to pass and uh, just try to take some of the pressure off of him. But uh, really the onus this year is not necessarily going to be on Aaron Jones or, you know, A.J. Dillon or what have you. I, I think the onus is going to be more so on the offensive line. You know, they're going to have to open up holes in the run game more so. And uh, it's going to be a lot of, I don't want to say the Shanahan offense, but for lack of a better term, they're going to do a lot of stuff creatively, I think, that, and, and I know they haven't shown it yet. Because we talked with Mike Clemens the other day, and, and Mike said, yeah, that, that, that Shanahan offense where you're seeing the reverses and the, the jet sweeps and, you know, you're, you're getting a lot of play off of that and such. They just haven't seen it, at least not in practice, not what the, the media has been privy to, so. Uh, we're just kind of waiting for that style of the offense to show up. But uh, but I would assume they're going to do more of that this year than maybe they have in the past, to answer your question. Uh, Kyle listening at Johnson Creek says, love the show. Does Matt Arnold have an open checkbook to get more bats, or will he have to talk to Mark A first? Oh, God, I think um, Mark Atanasio is in the know on everything. Uh, to be honest, I, I – 
I mean, I know he said that, you know, something about not being involved in every deal and every transaction, but I don't think there's anything that goes on with that team that Mark Atanasio doesn't know about. I just – just my thought. But it, it was just so hypocritical last year. And it, I, I'm sorry I keep going back to it, but I can't get it out of my head. When he stood there in front of the media and said it's not about the money – that sure they were in on the Juan Soto deal and they were talking to him and his people and it, you know we 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 were in the mix and yada 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 and then all of a sudden you know you're dealing hater you're dealing Renfro you know you're you're uh, you know pushing back on Corbin Burns and the seven hundred thousand bucks that he could have acquired so uh, it it certainly the actions have spoke louder than words so my assumption is is that that whatever Matt Arnold wants to do that of course Mark Atanasio is going to be involved with. You know, I, I don't I don't think there's um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, Jeffrey says, how many Packers draft picks are still unsigned? I think everybody's in camp. I think everybody's signed at this point. Uh, I could be wrong, but I think everybody is. I there's you don't have holdouts anymore because there's only so many. Um, uh, because of the the pay level coming in to, for your draft position. Because of your pay level, your your cap maximum, so to speak, I don't think many teams are dealing with holdouts or anything like that. So I think everybody, I think everybody's in. Um, Scott says, does Etling backup love now that three quarterbacks can suit up again? Gadget plays with a mobile quarterback like Etling, similar to Taysom Hill in New Orleans, maybe. Mm, I don't think that's Matt Lafleur's style. Uh, to answer your question, can you can you suit up three quarterbacks? Yes, but I I don't think you're going to see the gadget plays. I mean, you may you know every 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 playbook has a gadget play or two or five in them, but I I just no I I don't I don't think so. I don't I I think you're going to see more of a and I don't know I know that Matt Lafleur said that he laughs when people say we're now going to see the Matt Lafleur offense. You know he says oh that makes me that makes me laugh that makes me giggle. I, which to me, it's like, well, you, you want to see something more creative. So, um, yeah, it was. Uh, you'd like to see more of what maybe Matt Lafleur brought with him in that playbook from, say, the the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. But um, but beyond that, no, I, I I I just don't know what to expect out of this offense because everything that we think we should see, we're not. And we haven't seen thus far. Now maybe they install some more, you know, come uh, training camp, which is possible. But other than that, I don't know. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, this one is from uh, – this is Jeff. Jeff says, uh, do you guys ever work? You're always out and about running around. I love the fact that you're in Stevens Point. Uh, Point Brewery, longtime brewery here in the state of Wisconsin. I'd love to have you guys up here more often. Are you going to be up here – for the golf uh, event, uh, no, unfortunately, no, I'm not going to be here for the U.S. Senior Open. Uh, would love to be, but not, not going to be. Got a lot going on uh, this year, and that's just one of the stops that we wanted to make. We're just not able to make, so not going to be here for that, but that's why we're glad to be here now. And we're going to be back up in Tomahawk for the Tomahawk Fall Ride come September, so we'll be back in this area then. But once you uh, get through the end of this month, uh, next week we are going to be at Summerfest for a day, uh, two days actually, on a Friday and Saturday. And then once you get past that, a uh, little bit of vacation, then you get back and you get into Packers training camp, off to Sturgis, and then you're into Packers preseason and such. And so we've got a lot going on. But 
would love to be back for it, but just unfortunately, just not something that's in the schedule. Um, and then one more here before we get to uh, before we get to break. This is Jimbo. Uh, Jimbo, by the way, listened to us in Green Bay on WDZ. So Jimbo, thanks for listening there. He says, I don't think Jordan Love is going to be the guy to cut it. I think it's going to be one of the two backups that's actually going to end the season. Uh, we have been pretty lucky when it comes to injuries at the quarterback position. Do you think Jordan Love realizes how tough he has to be? Because or, because Aaron Rodgers never wanted to go down behind Brett Favre because that's how Brett Favre got his job, was taking it from Mikowski. Um, well, don't forget, Rodgers went down when he had to go down because if you – you know, you break a bone, you got to go down. And when I'm talking about the collarbone, the thumb last year was detrimental, which is interesting. I talked to David Whitehurst last week when we were up in uh, Rice Lake, and David Whitehurst being a backup quarterback to Lynn Dickey, and David Whitehurst, and both him and Lynn Dickey were saying it is so incredibly difficult to think that Rodgers had a broken thumb on his throwing hand and still played because of – the difficulty in gripping the football. You just don't have the same zip, same zip and same control on it. So they said last year for at times as bad as Rodgers looked, they said you just can't control it. Sometimes you'll, you'll throw the ball and just the arm angle and such, well, it'll come out with zip. It'll look really, really good like it did in the, in the Cowboys game. And he said, you know, there's other times it just hurts. And you go to squeeze the ball. It's a cold day. It's a, you know, it's a hard ball, whatever. And or maybe the center – snaps it back really hard and it just hits that nerve and you just can't grip the football. You can't feel it the way you want to, especially if you shoot it up. So a lot of them, you know, both David and uh, and, and Lynn Dickey both said, you kind of give them a pass for last year. Now, going to the injury side of things, Jordan Love, I'm sure, realizes how tough Rodgers was and how tough, obviously, Favre was and the Ironman record and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, again, if you're hurt, you're hurt. You, you, there's not much you can do about it. It just, uh, you know, you just wait and see. I, but we're talking a lot about a, high, a lot of hypotheticals as what if when you talk about injury, you know. I'd rather talk about the what ifs of what are the play calling is possibly going to be for the Green Bay Packers and how successful they may or may not be. The what ifs could be how good for, for a guy like Musgrave, how good can Musgrave be, you know. How good can, you know, Jaden Reed be, who's already looked pretty solid early on in these uh, OTAs in the minicamp, you know. Can Malik Heath or, you know, Wicks or one of these other guys, can they can they really kind of fortify, say, that, you know, fourth or fifth or sixth uh, wide receiver role and add depth to that uh, that unit? So, uh, you know, because if they can, just think about how maybe maybe how maybe how good that unit can be. But again, you got to have a good passer throwing the ball to him. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're broadcasting live at Point Brewing here in uh, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Great, uh, great area. Beautiful day today. Uh, you're looking now at the uh, beer garden uh, on some of the live stream. You're looking uh, up the street at the front of uh, Stevens Point and Point Brewing uh, and Point Brewery here. Just a great time uh, here in the beer garden, hanging out and enjoying the day and enjoying the weather. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome to Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. May I take your order? I'd like nine windows, please. Of course. All our products are custom made just for you. I'm hoping they'll match my home. Of course they can. Have it your way. Excuse me? We're talking about windows, right? Yes. We customize any decor. Our design options are virtually limitless. Even more customized than your coffee. So you're like my personal barista for windows and doors. Exactly. 
And you couldn't have picked a better time because if you customize your order by August 31st, you can bundle and save big. Good deal. That was easy. Thank you. Drive through. Bella's premium wood windows and patio doors feature distinguished craftsmanship and nearly endless possibilities. Bundle and save when you customize your order by August 31st at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Visit PellaWI.com. Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michael Show. Enjoying the day. Beautiful day today. Sitting here in the uh, the beer garden at uh, Point Brewery in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. And uh, not only do I love to travel the state of Wisconsin, uh, which is just awesome, but uh, to be able to come up here and enjoy this and hang out and be treated this well in the beer garden, which is just really just a quaint, nice place. Just fun to be here. So uh, thanks to uh, Joe Martino and his entire staff here for asking us to come up and saying, hey, if you're coming to the area, come on over. Uh, we'd love to have you, so thanks to them. Hey, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Epoxy Flooring Done Right. And uh, Sean and the gang, they do such a good job, first and foremost. Uh, th- that's that's the number one thing. But uh, they're based in Wisconsin. Why is that a big deal? Well, for some of the flooring companies that have come in, they're based in either in Minnesota or they're based in Iowa or they're based in Illinois. And some of the bigger ones come out of Illinois. And if you have a problem with them, to get them to come back if you have to take any legal measure, which hopefully you don't, but if you do, it's very difficult to get another uh, out-of-state customer to come back. Uh, meanwhile, Sean and the gang, they're right here in our own backyard in Wisconsin. Go to epoxyflooringdoneright.com. That's epoxyflooringdoneright.com. Or call them direct, 262-443-2852. 262-443-2852 from Milwaukee to Green Bay to Madison, everywhere in between. They've done uh, everything from uh, the gym in my house all the way up to the uh, the new Dockhound Stadium where they painted it, they put down flooring, they did all kinds of stuff. So a lot of stuff in between they can do and do for you. And uh, they can do the garage floors, the gym floors, the basement floors, you name it. Again, go to epoxyflooringdoneright.com or call Sean direct 262-443-2852, 262-443-2852. Um the uh, this was it was interesting. Uh, this um, I just got an email here that said, uh, "What do you think of Uribe?" Um, and and what you're talking about is um, Abner Uribe, who has now been moved up to AAA uh, in the Brewers organization, and they want to move him up. I mean, the guy's a power pitcher, and he's mid 90s. And you know, one of the things they wanted to do is move him up to AAA. Now, a couple of things. First of all. Because you want to see what kind of stuff you have and what kind of movement you have against a little more experienced hitters. So that's part of it. But in addition to that, you know, he's on the 40-man. And if he gets to AAA and into Nashville and pitches with any kind of success, then he could be a guy that, you know, should they need some additional arms in the bullpen, he could be a guy that ends up getting caught up before it's all said and done. So – he came out of Biloxi and the Shuckers organization where he was just dominating, and they said, well, okay, let's let's take the next step. So Uribe, you know, made the step, and he's now in uh, in Nashville. So we'll see. Um, but could he be called up? Could they use him? Yeah. Now, here's the other aspect of this. Um, Uribe, could he end up being, as a good young arm, a guy that, they could use as trade bait to lure a bat. I doubt it. And 
you know, here's the, here's the issue. Um, you don't want to give up that arm for a player that you may have for, uh, you know, a year and three months, year and two months. Because the, you know the Brewers aren't going to give him up for an uncontrollable player. Uh, and usually they want more than a year. They would like at least two. Um, but I, I highly, highly doubt it. In double A, struck out 46% of the hitters he faced in those 15 appearances. And he goes to Nashville, uh, where he threw a scoreless inning in his second appearance for the uh, Sounds on Sunday. And he helped finish a, a six-game series sweep of Gwinnett. But um, but I doubt that they would trade him away. Um, he's, he's, what, the ninth overall prospect in the organization. He's been pitching extremely well. He's a power arm. Power arms aren't not – it used to be you could never find him. Uh, if you had one, you cherished it. They're a little more common now, but he's had some success. So I doubt that they would end up getting rid of uh, Uribe in some kind of a trade. Unless, of course, you're talking uh, a, a bigger blockbuster type of deal where you're going to have controllable players for years to come. So, uh, But to answer your question, he's pitching in AAA, but no, I, I can't imagine them getting rid of him, to be honest. Uh, we got three down, one more to go. Three down, one more to go. Broadcasting live here in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, in the beer garden behind uh, Point Brewery, where I'm going to go in and raid the, uh, the gift shop a little bit later on today before we head over to the bar in Rothschild, where we got a cigar dinner coming up tonight. Compliments of our friends over at uh, Quick Spirits and uh, Quick Trip. So got that going on, but uh, another hour yet to go. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. A whole lot more coming up right after this. 